Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now here's a message from one of our special guests. Okay, everybody have a seat, please. Thank you so much for coming to church today. And I'd just like to tell you that, you know, as Pastor Dan mentioned a moment ago, we've been in relationship with this church for decades. Back in the 80s is when this relationship began. And all these years we have had a wonderful relationship with you all. This, in our hearts, is our home church. Although we're not here very often because we travel as we do. But in our hearts, this is where we call home. And so we're always thankful to be here whenever we can be here to uh, be with you and to share the word with you whenever possible and to share good news with you from the Philippines. Um, it is uh, a privilege to worship and serve the Lord and to be where we worship and serve the Lord in the Philippines since, for me, 1980. I left the United States out of LAX airport on September or in September of 1980. So this coming September will mark 40 years for me to be there working for the Lord as the apostle of the Lord Jesus, my, my honor. And um, you know, uh, from the beginning until now, we, have, we went from ground zero to a place where our, now, our church network numbers 275, between 275 and 300. And it's always growing because the churches have been taught how to reproduce and they preach the gospel like we've taught them to and they go out and they do the crusades and sometimes it takes us months or even years to find out about the growth of the church network. But it's in that time frame, in that number range. And um, then we have the crusade ministry, and we're always preaching Jesus no matter where we go. And uh, from the beginning until now, we've got a conservative estimate that um, we've been honored and to be used by God preaching the gospel and seeing more than 750,000 people receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Many, many souls. Many souls. Hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people have been healed in our crusades, not just, you know, little headaches and, you know, minor aches and pains, but major things like the raising of the dead and, uh, you know, blind people healed, deaf people healed, lots of things. Everything you see in the book of Acts, we've seen it and we're thankful to God for that. So I say all these things not to draw any attention to us. We're just nobodies without Jesus. But because of the church here and the support you give, you enable us, you help us do these things for the Lord. And we have the uh, mission tours every summer, of which the Rock Bible College is now an integral part. Uh, every summer we have mission tours in June, July, and August. And the group from the Rock goes over in July. And uh, the group is forming even as I speak. And uh, they've been a part of what we are doing now for the past several years. And last summer, uh, doing these three mission tours, we were able to preach the gospel to over 6,100 souls. And of those 6,100 plus that heard the word, more than 5,200 of them got saved, 5,200 plus. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. And many, many souls, like I said a few minutes ago, got healed and are being healed in these ministry outreaches. And so especially tonight, if you have a chance to come back, we're going to be talking about prayer from the Word and leading that into a place where we can find out what those prayers are designed to do in the area of healing. So if you need healing tonight, please come back or bring sick people that you know need that kind of help, and we'll talk about that from the Word of God, and people will be prayed for, and you will be blessed. And I believe, we believe, that you'll leave the service healed in Jesus' name. So make sure you put that down on your calendar to come on back, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that at that time. You know, over the years, when you see God do so many things, you learn some things. 
to learn what to do and what not to do and what the scriptures teach and what they don't teach. And so we've been at this for 40 years. We've learned a few things. And so praise the Lord, the anointing will be present. And so I and we encourage you to participate in that and take advantage of that while it is available. So how many have their Bibles or the Bible device, whichever you're choosing to use this morning, Bible app or Bible book, whichever. How many know this is what the devil is afraid of? People with Bibles or people with Bible apps. Okay, they know what's in it. They know who they are in Christ. And let me just say, speaking of people knowing who they are in Christ, I'd like to say to you that in all these many years of serving Jesus and traveling around like we have for the Lord, we're in different churches every weekend of our life, either over there or here. And uh, there's one common problem in the body of Christ that is consistent from denomination to denomination, country to country, culture to culture. The, the problem that we see, what I see, is a lack of knowledge in the body of Christ about who Christians are, what happened to them when they got saved, what they became and what they can do. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. You know, uh, Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 says that my people, God's people, perish for a lack of knowledge. It's not a lack of love. People love the Lord and they're on their way to heaven and we're so thankful that this is the case. But you need to know something about who you are so that God can use you the way he wants to use you. Okay? You can't do what you can do until you know who you are to do what you are appointed by God to do. Can anyone say amen? Ignorance is our worst enemy, and it is the enemy the devil takes most advantage of in his campaign to try to neutralize our potential in Christ, going into all the world to preach the gospel. Once you find out who you are and start living in the light of who you are, you know, you can say sayonara to the devil. He knows that his, his act is up and you know who you are, and he can't you know, deceive you anymore and you know, put you in a place where a defeated enemy is defeating a victorious church. What a tragedy that is. What a tragedy. So, let's start by going to 2 Corinthians today, chapter 5 and verse 20. Let's find out a few things about who we are. Not who we will be someday when we get to heaven, but who we are now. Okay? And uh, again, certain things in the body of Christ apply to everybody, and certain things apply to just the select few. The Bible says, as an example, that Jesus Christ appointed or gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Not everybody's a teacher. Not everybody's a, an evangelist. Okay, listen, we might not be an evangelist, but we are all called to evangelize. You see the difference? Okay, and that, that, that comes to the point, okay? The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we are a chosen generation. We are a holy priesthood, a royal nation, a holy nation, okay? We, that means all of us, we are chosen. We are royal and we are holy, a holy nation, the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the army of the Lord, whichever, you, you know, whichever title you care to use, that's who we are. That applies to everybody. It doesn't matter if you're Filipino, German, Chinese, Japanese, American. It makes no difference. If you're saved, these things apply to you. So when we read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, we see Paul addressing the church at Corinth, and he's identifying one of these things we're talking about here today. It says in the 20th verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. Notice, now then we are. Not someday we will be. Now then we are ambassadors. Everyone say ambassadors. Okay, that's who we are. Didn't say that's who we're going to be someday. That's who we already are. And it says there in the second part of the verse, 
as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. See, that's the message of the ambassador, to go into all the world and tell them that they have been reconciled to God. There's nothing standing between them and salvation except them. You just reach out to receive the free gift, which is being offered to everybody, but God has given us a free will. We need to choose to accept the gift. It's offered to everybody. God's no respecter of persons. Jesus died for everybody on the cross, but not everybody's going to heaven. They are, there, they are those who reject the free gift, and that's God will leave them and let them do what they are free to do. But the point for us today is that as an ambassador, we go into all the world, and that's the simple message that we share, that the world's been reconciled to Christ. Come on in. All your sins have been paid for by the blood of Jesus on the cross, and now there's nothing standing between you and salvation except you. So, as an ambassador, we need to know what the profile is for an ambassador of Christ. What, is, what, what, what can we expect from God? What are we entitled to? What, is our, what are our job responsibilities, our job description? How is God obligated to help us because he chose to make us ambassadors? Let's find out from the scriptures here today, okay? So we'll take uh, a little bit of time and go through some points from the Bible with verses to support them all. And, you know, each of these messages, each of these points is a message unto itself. You can spend hours on each of these, but we don't have that kind of time. So we'll just kind of give you the list and give you something to pray about and study over on your own. So let's start. Number one, okay, and we'll have scripture up on the screen for all these. Number one, the ambassador or an ambassador is a high-ranking minister of state, chosen of royalty, sent from one nation to represent another, okay? You are, I am, a high-ranking minister of state, chosen of royalty, okay? Chosen of royalty, sent from one nation to represent that nation to another, okay? We have been sent. It's called the Great Commission. We have been sent into all the world to preach the gospel and present the message of salvation to the world, to the lost out there, of which we were all a part before. Okay, so we're high-ranking ministers of state. And as such, we need to think like and act like and talk like high-ranking ministers of state. This poor old me attitude needs to be discarded in the name of Jesus. Get rid of this, I'm just so, I'm, I'm not educated, I don't know, I can't do, you know, it's impossible. All these words people use, listen, we are high-ranking ministers of state. You need to square your shoulders and say, you know what, this is who I am, so this is how I'm going to think. Ambassadors think differently, by the way, than just common people. You know, they don't show up at work in a pair of beach sandals and flip-flops with a Rapture Airlines t-shirt on. I mean, they know who they are in Christ. So they act like it. They talk like it. They think like it, okay? We need to change the way we see ourselves because I need to see me the way God sees me. Not the way I see me or you see me. It doesn't matter. Public opinion really doesn't count. At the end of the day, only what Jesus says matters. Amen? All right, so praise God. I mean, act like, think like, talk like. And look at Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 1, because the Bible tells us, not just in this verse, but many verses like this one, that we need to walk worthy of this. Okay, we need to be worthy ambassadors for Jesus, walking worthy in the light of who we are. It says, therefore, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called. I love that first song we sang earlier today in praise and worship, you know. Get up and be who God has called you to be. Get up and quit feeling sorry for yourself. 
poor old me, get up, put your helmet on, pick up your weapons, and engage the enemy with confidence knowing I am a high-ranking minister of state, chosen of royalty, separated to the gospel, sent into the world to represent heaven to the world. That's us. That's who we are. Let's walk worthy of the calling. You don't need to apologize to anybody for Jesus. You don't need to try to sneak up on people and hope that by accident they get saved. Get right up in people's faces and tell them the truth. There's a heaven, there's a hell, honey, and you're going to one or the other. You're going to go up or you're going to go down. You make your choice, but I'm obligated to tell you the truth. God loves you, the devil hates you. God so loved the world, he sent Jesus to die for you. Your sins have been paid for. Now, if, you go out, if you're smart, you'll accept this, receive him, and all the benefits of heaven become yours. But if you choose to be a charcoal briquette and go to hell forever, well, fine, go to hell. It's not exactly the, the, the you know, soft approach, but praise the Lord. It has an amazing effect on people. Amen. Okay, it's the apostolic approach to street witnessing. Praise the Lord, I understand it. Okay. Actually, you know, you can slap people in the name of Jesus. It's okay. You know, it's all in the wrist. You just got to learn how to flick that thing, you know, in Jesus' name. Okay. That's number one. <sighs> Moving along quickly. Number two. An ambassador does not appoint himself. We do not appoint ourselves as ambassadors. Okay, you didn't fill out an application to be an ambassador. There was not something posted on the internet, you know, God needs ambassadors, please report for duty. You know, he chose to make us ambassadors because of who he wanted us to be. Representatives, official representatives of heaven as an ambassador. Okay, look at John chapter number 15, verse uh, 16. John 15, 16. Jesus is the speaker, talking to his disciples. Of course, that would be us today. Okay? He says to them, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Notice that you should go and bear fruit, not that you should go and hide somewhere, blend in, be a brother blend in, a pastor popular. Okay, no. You go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. See, that ask the Father in my name promise, that is tied to the fact that we're bearing fruit. That's tied to the fact we're out there doing something for the Lord. Listen, God can't bless what you don't do. You've got to be out there doing something. He will bless you when you engage, when you get off your you know, blessed assurance and get out there and do something meaningful for the Lord. Can anyone say amen? amen? You know, bodies and chairs are not helpful. Okay, we need to be out there engaging the world with the truth of the gospel because we are high-ranking ministers of state and we were chosen. God chose us for this. To me, that's amazing. He could do this any way he wants. He could have angels flying through the sky. There'll come a time when they will, but not in this dispensation. In this dispensation of grace, he relies upon the body of Christ. That's you and that's me. He's not going to tell anybody about salvation apart from your participation. Think about that. All of us in our little idiosyncrasies and issues and the, all the, the, you know, we're growing, we're works in progress, but he still limits himself to partnership with people like you and me to tell people he chose us. He appointed us. So let's walk in the light of that, praise God. Let's be who God made us to be. Amen? Amen? Which means if he did this, he's got confidence in us. So have confidence in yourself. Amen. Well, I didn't go to college. Well, neither did Jesus. <laughs> didn't seem to bother God. You know, he didn't graduate from Jerusalem Bible Tech. You know, 
Samaria Bible Training Center. He didn't graduate from any of that stuff. He just went out there and studied the scriptures. The disciples were just blue-collar people, fishermen, tax collectors. They weren't polished pros. They didn't go to some theology seminary somewhere. Are you listening? That's us. That's us. We're just like everybody else. You know, quit trying to put upon yourself unreasonable expectations. God doesn't need any of that. If you can breathe and speak and have hands to lay on people, you're qualified. You're qualified. He chose you. He appointed you. Amen. So have faith in yourself because God's got faith in you. Praise the Lord for that. All right, number three. An ambassador is not a citizen of the country he's in, but from the country he's from. Okay, in the Philippines, as an example, we have a United States embassy. We have an ambassador to the Philippines from America. That person is not a Filipino citizen. That person is an American citizen. And with that citizenship comes certain rights that the Filipinos don't have. He's living in the Philippines, he's working in the Philippines, but he doesn't have the rights and privileges of a Filipino, and they don't have the rights and privileges of the American, okay? Because the citizenship is different. The good news is for us that when you got saved, you became a citizen of heaven. Amen. Philippians, go there. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 20. Let's put that up on the screen. Philippians 3, 20 and other verses just in your face tell us straight up, okay? The Bible talks about the fact that our citizenship is where? In heaven. Not down here. We're American citizens in a sense. And, you know, like my wife, she's a dual citizen. She has passports from the U.S. and the Philippines, okay? So she, she has both. I just have the one, which, by the way, you know, in the Philippines, I can't buy land to do ministry work. We have to have her uh, sign the documents and put her name on the uh, title deeds because she's a Filipino and she can do that. I can't do that. I don't have those rights. See, I'm not a Filipino citizen. As a citizen of heaven, all the rights and privileges of heaven belong to us. What kind of rights? Well, how about healing? How about health? How about authority? How about kicking the devil around for a while? Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Amen. I've been the kicker and the kick E. I choose to be the kicker. It's much more fun. Amen. You got to, every so often, man, you got to pull out your slap a meter and slap the devil around a little bit. Amen. Everybody should have a slap a meter. Amen. Praise the Lord. But the point is, see, you're a citizen of heaven and all the wonderful things that God. You, through Jesus died to provide are yours for the taking prosperity is yours you, anybody here needing more money than what you got presently to work with oh come on does anybody need more money than what you're presently working with I, I sure do yea verily drop the dollars in my pocket honey the point is you know all of that's guaranteed in the gospel it's all prosperity is for the business of winning souls you cannot, you know, to, to fly from here to the Philippines, I can't do that for free. Well, I walk up to the counter at United Airlines, I can't say, hey, check me out. I'm a child of God, divinely appointed by the Holy Ghost. To go to the Philippines, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to the power of God. That's what I'm talking about. And they'll say in reply, you know, that's wonderful, but here's what we're talking about. Behold the price. No ticky, no travel. No money, no ticky. They don't care about your call. They want the money. Okay, so I don't, I don't hesitate to ask the Lord for the money I need. Why? Because I'm a citizen of heaven. I got rights. Amen? All right. We can spend time there, but that's enough. Number four. 
An ambassador does not support himself. He does not live off the country he's in, but from the country he's from. Ambassadors don't have to go get jobs, don't have to believe God, don't have to join some network marketing program. The country that sends the ambassador is obligated to provide for the ambassador. Does not, and this is the classic verse that we've heard you know, from the time we got saved until now. Philippians 4.19, what does it tell us? My God shall supply how much of our need? All. All of our need. According to his riches, where? In glory. In glory, not down here. He uses the facilities down here, but the source of the blessing comes from above. And there's no inflation, there's no deflation, there's no you know, recession, whatever. There's nothing up there, just promises that can be fulfilled. Ephesians chapter 3 says it this way, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. I can think pretty big, how about you? Yeah, and God can go way beyond those things. Amen? See, the ambassadors don't live off the country they're in. They live, off, they live off the country who sends them. They're obligated to be funded. Whatever you want to do for God, God is obligated to fund it. Amen? You'll never lack. I mean, it, you know, things might show up a little bit late, but hey, you know, payday does not always come on the 15th and 30th of the month with God, but they always show up when they need to show up. Amen? Amen. Don't worry about that part. There's not a problem or a budget too large that God can't meet it. I don't care what it is. There's nothing too large that he can't fund and take care of. Why? Because you are an ambassador and he's obligated to pay your bills. Amen? Amen. All right. So then don't worry about your money. Look at Matthew chapter 6, speaking about that very point. Matthew chapter 6. I love this little portion of the Sermon on the Mount. Because it speaks to so many of us in so many ways because of the days in which we live. How many would agree with me that fear is running the planet? Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. The spirit of fear is running amok. But see, we should, not be, we should not be affected by that. We should live above that. Why? Well, Jesus addresses this here. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 25. Here's what he says. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Brethren, do not worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Verse 26, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Would you agree that we have more value than birds? Yes. Amen. Peter Pelican has nothing on you. Amen. Bobby Blue Jay has nothing on you. You are more precious to God than all the birds up there, okay? But, you know, Jesus said, look at the birds. Why don't you take a moment and check out the birds from time to time? You know, when you're stuck on the I-10 going nowhere and the birds are flying along, you know, just doing their thing, you know, think about these things, okay? Hey, you have never seen birds land on a branch talking to one another. One bird pokes the other with his wing and says, Buddy, I am in a strait betwixt the two. I'm trying to put an extension on the nest. And I went down to, you know, the home supply store. And have you checked out the cost of twigs? <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't believe the prices, you know. I, you know? And the other, the other bird says, hey, Man, I know what you're talking about. I just got laid off down at the pond. And... Uh, <laughs> 
you know, the missus just gave birth to a bunch of little baby birds, and I went down to the, you know, the uh, organic supply store, and I wanted to get some food. Have you checked out the cost of organic worms? They don't care about any of this stuff. They just go do what God ordained for them to do. And we're much more, we're much better than they are. Amen. He said, look at the birds. So why don't you look at the birds? Amen. Praise the Lord. Except when they poop on your motorcycle. Then move on. That's actually happened to me. You know, persecution takes all kinds of shapes, fashions, and forms. Okay. Uh, number four. Ambassadors, uh, number five, sorry. An ambassador's instructions are always in written form, so there's no doubts about duties and assignments. Okay? An ambassador's instructions are always in written form, so there's no doubts about, no confusion about duties and assignments. Okay? What you have in your lap right now, either your Bible book or your Bible app, those are the written instructions from God. And Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 says, Write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run who reads it. Okay? God wrote down his word for us to read and study from, and it will never change. Okay? People change, societies change, cultures change, technology changes, methods change, but the Bible never changes. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will remain the same forever and forever. This is our sure foundation here. Whenever you find yourself drifting away and things are not working the way you think that they should, go back and read the book. Probably you've departed from the instructions. Probably you've departed from the written instructions and guidance that God gives to us here and through things like you know the prayer closet, guidance from the Holy Spirit, whatever the case may be. But whatever God says to you, honey, write it down. And don't forget it. Read it. Go back to it. Read it a thousand times if you have to. I have a thick book of stuff that God's spoken to me about over the years, and I go back and I read that stuff and make sure that I am still staying on track, still on target for the Lord 3, 5, 10, 15 years later. Amen? Yeah. Because, you know, in embassies, when they send communications, those are cabled encrypted messages. They're not out there on Facebook for everybody to read. When the government sends the ambassador instructions, he gets a communication that is secure, cabled, and encrypted, and only they can decipher it. Not everybody else out there, at least in theory, okay, unless they've got some hackers out there or something. But the point is, you know, those are his instructions, and these are our instructions. How many agree with me? The world can read this book, but they don't have spiritual understanding about what they read. They don't. They don't. They can read. I was a Catholic for 26 years. I went to Mass every Sunday, okay? Our Lady of Perpetual Deception. That was the name of the church I went to. And I went to all these masses and all these things, you know, and I, you know, no one told me. I read that. I read John 3.16 lots and lots and lots of times, but I never saw it. I never saw it, you know. You must be born again. It's right there. It's scriptural. It's right in the front, praise God. So, anyway, the point being, these are your written instructions. Follow the book. The book never changes. People change. But the Bible says in Psalms, it's better to put your trust in God than to put your confidence in men. Yes. Amen? Yes. Praise the Lord. Men break promises. Men change their promises, forget their promises, lie, and all that. God does none of the above. His word is good. He, the Bible says he exalts his word above his own name. Why? Because if your name is no good, your word's no good. If your word's no good, your name's no good. Amen? All right, moving on. Number six. An ambassador is not subject to the laws of the country he's in, but from the country he's from. 
It's called diplomatic immunity. You know, in the Philippines, the ambassador is a U.S. citizen, but he's not subject to the laws of the Philippines. As long as he's in the embassy, as long as he's on assignment, he's subject to the laws of the country that sent him. He's a U.S. citizen. Filipinos can't prosecute him, okay? And in the sense that we as Christians doing business for God on the fallen planet Earth, the fallen planet Earth, okay, the laws that apply to everybody in general here do not apply to us in a spiritual sense. How, how, what do I mean? When you go to the Lord and ask him to forgive you of sins committed, do you believe that he receives your plea and accepts it and forgives? Yes. Do you believe that? Okay. So then 1 John 1, 9 tells us what happens when we confess our sins. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay? He's faithful, faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. Even the sins you don't remember you committed, he'll, get, he'll cover those. Okay? How many believe that when you're finished with your prayer, you're forgiven? But how many people walk out of that prayer closet and let the devil condemn them over sins committed and sins forgiven? But they let the devil browbeat them over things done five years ago, ten years ago, five weeks ago, five minutes ago. Listen, if you ask the Lord to forgive you, he does. He looks over at the mercy seat, the, the mercy seat in heaven, where Jesus went with his blood and put the blood on the mercy seat and ratified the new covenant. That blood is there forever and forever so that whenever we go to God and say, Father, forgive me, we don't get forgiven because we're somebody special. We're forgiven because of that blood on the mercy seat. It's not on a judgment seat, by the way. It's on a mercy seat. And the Bible says the mercy of the Lord is new every morning. Amen. New every morning. Praise the God. You know, are you listening? So accept your forgiveness, not because you feel forgiven, but because God said so. There are lots of times when I've asked the Lord to forgive me and I don't feel any better. But if he says I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. I move past my feelings and I just accept my forgiveness by faith. The world doesn't think that way. The world wants to hang that over your head for the next 29 years. I remember what you were. I remember what you were like. I remember what you said. I remember what you, yeah, yeah, that's the old me, but that's not new. That's not me now. You know, Paul said, I forget the things which are behind. I forget the things which are behind. I forget. Amen. And he had skeletons in his closet, man. He stoned people. He dragged people out of, out of their homes into jail. He did a lot of things. And he said, you know what? He told the Corinthians in the second book, in the sixth chapter, he said, receive us. We have wronged no man. Really? You? You have the audacity to say that? You have wronged no man? Yeah, because he had faith in the finished work of Christ. He had faith in the fact that the blood that's on our mercy seat. He had faith in the fact that he's forgiven and he's a new creature in Christ. So, praise the Lord. We are not subject to the laws of the country we're in. We're subject to the laws of the country we are from. There is now no, no condemnation, no condemnation for you, for me, in Christ. Don't walk around being condemned over sins committed. If you've asked the Lord to forgive you, move on. Move on. Well, you know, no. move on. It's time to pull out the old slap-a-meter again. All right. Number seven. An ambassador does not live in his assigned country for his own personal acceptance, interests, popularity, or gain. We're not serving Jesus to make money. We're not in this to get, get ahead. 
We're not in this to be better. We're not in this to be a success and all this stuff. No, we're in this to represent Jesus and to tell people that they're lost unless they accept him and they're on their way to hell, no matter what happens, no matter how we are rejected or received or, or whatever. We're, we're in this for the Lord. Can anyone say amen? I'm not in this to be friends with you. You don't have to love, well, now wait a minute. You don't have to like me, but you are commanded to love me. Amen? Like and love are not the same. There's a lot of Christians I don't like. Can't imagine why, but uh, there are a few out there that I don't like them, but I'm commanded to love them. Amen? Love is not like. Those are two different things. We're not walking by like. We're walking by love. Amen? Praise the Lord. You know, I may not like you, but I have to love you, and you don't, you don't have to like me, but you need to love me. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen? All right. So I'm not out this, I'm not doing this for my own personal gain, neither are you, okay? We're not in this for what we can get. We're not giving to get. We're giving to fund the ministry and God's kind enough to bless us in return with a return far greater than whatever you can get down here. Yeah. Amen? Right. You know, Pastor Dan talked about tithing. Do you understand tithing is the base investment for all Christians? That's the foundation. You should be tithing just to lay a foundation for God to come back and do great things in your life. Amen? Yeah, most people don't tithe. They need to. They're wondering why there's no money in the bank. And my first question would be to the pastors that I talk to in the Philippines that cry about their money. First question I'll ask them is, do you tithe? Uh, well, I, I, I know I should. No, 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 that's not what I asked you. I said, do you tithe? Well, here's my counsel, pastor, tithe. Goodbye. Go do what the Bible says to do. Be warm, be filled, be gone, in Jesus' name. My counseling sessions are usually about 29 seconds or, or less. There's no point to circle the wagons for an hour. Just find the verses and go do that. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, pastors, they come along. It's so hard, it's so tough. In my organization, they do this only one time. One time, and then they, they learn not to do this ever again. It's just so hard, Apostle Mike. They call me Daddy Mike over there. Daddy, Daddy, it's just so hard. Do you have any counsel, anything to do? Yeah. We'll pray that you die. <laughs> Let me hold your hand. The Bible says if two of you agree on touch, as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. So we'll just die. We'll pray that you just die right here, fall over. Go home to be with Jesus. You'll be with the angels. You'll be with your relatives. You'll be with your friends. There'll be no more challenges, no more problems for you. Aren't you glad I'm not your pastor? <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Number, where are we? Number eight? Eight. Okay. An ambassador is protected not by the country he's in, but from the country he's from. God is obligated to protect us. He's obligated to take care of us. No matter where we are sent, he is obligated because we have been sent by heaven to represent heaven to earth. So no matter where you go, it might look difficult, it might look threatening to you, but if God tells you to go, go there. And he'll protect you. He'll watch over you. There's angels here. How many know there's angels here? Oh yeah, lots and lots of angels. When you got born, when you were born from your mother's womb, angels were assigned to your life and they'll be with you for the rest of your life. They're always with you. You're never alone. You've got the Holy Ghost inside. You've got angelic escort all around you. You're covered. 
you're covered. In the Philippines, you know, many times we go to places where we're told, you know, it's dangerous and maybe you shouldn't go there and stuff, but, you know, let's, if God tells us to go, we're going. Amen? We're going. I'm not interested in what Rahib has to say about where I'm going to go. Some cleric somewhere, some Muslim cleric. You know, Farouk has no jurisdiction in my life. I'll go where God tells me to go. Okay. Thank you, Rahib. Thank you, Farouk. But I'm not following after you anyway. Amen. Those guys work in call centers. Amen. Have you ever called, you know, have you ever had a problem with a call center and you get some dude from Calcutta on the other end of the line, you know, Rahib or Farouk or somebody, you know? Hello, hello, what can I help you with? What, what the, you know. I mean, they ought to figure this out that people are calling, first of all, because they're already upset about something or they wouldn't be calling. The last thing you want is to get some guy out there that's, you know, a, you know out of the University of Bombay or whatever and just... Where'd that go? All right. <laughs> don't touch God's anointed. You are God's anointed. The Bible says don't touch God's anointed. I tell people, hey, listen, you can come against me if you wish, but you do so at your own risk. You're not threatening me, honey. You're threatening yourself. You better back up and reconsider because you can attack me if you wish. You're free to do so. But I'm going on with God whether you like it or not. You can diss me if you wish, but if that's a, you do that at your peril. Bad things happen to people who come against me. Just telling you. <laughs> Amen. Second Kings chapter 6 says it this way. They that be with us are more than they that be with the devil. We're all, we always outnumber the enemy, so don't worry about it. Okay? Don't worry about it. God's got your back. All right? And number nine, last point. In the Rock Church, we preach rapture ready. No matter when the rapture takes place, we believe in it. We know it's going to take place. And then there's some debate about whether it's pre, mid, or post. It, you know, okay, listen. Consider this last point, okay? Ambassadors and embassies are always closed just before nations declare war on other nations, okay? Before a nation declares war on another, embassies are closed and abandoned, documents are burned or shredded or whatever the case may be, and the ambassadors are called home. They are not left in the country where warfare has been declared. When the tribulation comes, warfare is going to be declared on this planet. You're going to see the wrath of God. We've never seen the wrath of God. This is the age of grace. We've never seen the wrath of God like what they're going to see in just a little while should Jesus tarry. My point to you is this. Ambassadors are always called home before the fighting begins. Okay? I believe that, you know, we're going to be called home. If you disagree, fine, we disagree. But the point is, I'm looking forward to the rapture, the calling away of the church. I want to go home. How about you? I want to go home. Praise the Lord. I want to go. I, I, I miss Jesus. I've never seen Jesus, but I miss him. Amen. Never seen God, but I miss him. Amen. I want to go. I want to see God. I want to see Jesus. I want to see the Holy Ghost. I want to see what the Holy Ghost looks like. Amen. I mean, for a, for a Holy Ghost to be everywhere and all, to be in every human being, every Christian, and, and, and just be everywhere at one time, and how does he do that? I mean, there's not many Holy Ghosts. There's one. He's not a, a fraction of the Holy Ghost in you and a fraction of him in me. He's, he's in us, in all of us, in everybody. How does he do that? I don't know, but he does. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I mean, how, why do men lose their hair? I don't understand that either, but <laughs> here we are. Amen. Which, by the way, I did put in my request when I get to heaven. I will have a head of hair. 
thicker than Absalom. Moses won't even know who I am. Moses won't even know. Charlton Heston won't even know who I am. That's right. Praise the Lord. Are you listening? Yeah, I'll have a name tag. Hi, I am Apostle Mike. Believe me, I am. You know, and then I'll, I practice. I get a comb and, I, you know, I go over with it, you know. What's happening? Hey, hey, praise the Lord. Yep. Yeah, I'm standing in faith for the spirit of Palomino to come upon me in the name of Jesus. Yep. May we be a Mustang man for God. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 15, 51, 52 says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we will be gone. Amen? Amen. We're going to be gone. Blink your eyes once. That's what it means. In, the, in an atomic second, blink your eyes once. We're out of here. Hallelujah. Could happen at any moment. That's why the Bible says stay ready. That's why we want to be rapture ready. Yeah. Amen. Jesus is not sending tweets. <laughs> About three hours before the event, you know, hashtag Jesus coming soon. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you kidding? Blink your eyes once and we're out of here, you know. So be ready. Be ready. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for the message today. We thank you that your word encourages us to accept the fact that we are ambassadors in your name, that we operate in your name. Lord, we want to thank you for this. What an honor. Thank you for trusting us in this way, that we are high-ranking ministers of state, chosen of royalty, sent to this earth to represent heaven, to the people that need to know what we know. And we thank you, Lord, for this. What an honor, what a privilege. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.